to succeed as a learning business, what you deliver does have to be effective. It has to get the learners where they need to go. And using MiddleMe can help make that happen for your learning business. I'm Salisa Steele. I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Welcome to episode 320 of the Leading Learning Podcast, the fourth in our informal series on tools for learning businesses. In episode 312, we talked about the market insight matrix. In episode 315, we talked about the value ramp. And in episode 318, we covered the product value profile. In this episode, we'll focus on the Middle Me Learning Product Lifecycle. Middle Me is an acronym that stands for four things. Market Interface, MI, Design and Development, DD, Learning Experience, LE, and Measurement and Evaluation, ME. Put those abbreviations together and you get Middle Me. And we'll come back to what those four things are, those four phases in the life cycle of any learning product. But we want to use the same why, what, how framework we've used with the other tools in this series. So before talking more about what, let's talk about why. Why use Middle Me? Middle Me is a framework for thinking about the full life cycle of any learning product. Too often, we think too much about the end product, the online course, the webinar, the conference, the seminar, and we fail to consider all the phases in the life cycle. And that means we don't make use of all the phases to then produce the best product possible. Right. And that end product is really just one part of the life cycle. Middle Me expands our thinking about learning products, making it clear things start with understanding market needs and things continue through looking at the results you get from a product once it's being used by learners in the market. And if we don't take the big picture life cycle view, then we risk building it and they don't come or enough don't come. And we risk not understanding why a product is failing if we aren't baking in measurement and evaluation. So on the one hand, middle me expands our thinking beyond the end product itself, but it can also focus our attention by giving us four buckets to focus in on those four phases of the life cycle. And those four phases are, again, how we get the middle me acronym. Market interface, MI, this is where you seek to understand what your learners need and want and where you communicate with them about the value you have to offer. Design and development, DD, this is where you actually create what your learners need and want. The learning experience, LE, this is where learners interact with what you've created. And then measurement and evaluation, ME, this is where you look at the impact of what you've produced, the impact of your learners interacting with what you've created. So having those four areas defined helps you pay attention to the entire life cycle and gives you some guidance for doing that by breaking that life cycle down. At Tagoras, we're experts in the global business of lifelong learning, and we use our expertise to help clients better understand their markets, connect with new customers, make the right investment decisions, and grow their learning businesses. We achieve these goals through expert market assessment, strategy formulation, and platform selection services. 
If you're looking for a partner to help your learning business achieve greater reach, revenue, and impact, learn more at tagoras.com slash services. Now that we've talked about why, let's turn to what. What is middle me? Well, basically, it's a process visual that depicts the four phases of the learning product life cycle. And in the show notes for this episode at leadinglearning.com slash episode 320, you can find the middle me visual. But really, it's easy enough to just picture it right now in your own mind. Picture a circle divided into four segments with arrows from each segment pointing to the next. Starting at the top and moving clockwise, the four phases are market interface, then design and development, then learning experience, and then measurement and evaluation. And the arrows you mentioned, Salisa, are an important aspect of this. This isn't a linear process, really. It's a circular one where what you learn in each phase ideally informs and shapes what you do in the next phase. So let's take that first phase, market interface, MI. What you learn there about what the market needs and wants and already has should feed into the next phase, design and development. You want to design and develop products that address a market need or want. And then how you design and develop a product is very directly going to influence the learning experience that learners participate in. In design and development, you'll decide a ton of things about format. Will this be online or off? How much peer interaction will there be? Will it be self-paced? Will some or all of it happen at set times, whether that means meeting in person or online? How long will the product be? You know, a half-day offering, a 10-minute micro-learning burst, a a series of lessons to be completed over weeks. All these decisions and more determine a lot about the learning experience that individual learners have. Delivery and facilitation are also factors in this learning experience phase. How do you contextualize what you've designed and present it to learners? How do you develop to maximize engagement and relevancy? Now, technology comes into play throughout Middle Me, but it often plays a very front and center role in the learning experience phase. Your learning platform and related tools are going to make participation in online learning experiences possible and and hopefully also effective. In measurement and evaluation, then look at the impact of learners interacting with what we've designed and developed with the impact of that learning experience. And Often what's measured and evaluated are things that happen during the learning experience phase, activities like assessments and course evaluations. Ideally, your ME efforts are also going to look longer term to how your product or service has changed performance and and possibilities for the learner and where it's relevant, her organization, her employer. It should also consider the impact on your organization as a learning business measure and evaluate how the product or service has impacted your position in the market, for example, how your perceived demand for your offerings. And then the measurement and evaluation feed back into market interface, ideally continuing the circle. As we mentioned already, you know, many learning businesses focus too exclusively on the end product, but even when they broaden the focus to include the other phases of the life cycle, there can be the tendency to treat this as a linear process rather than a circular one. So 
Don't forget to use what you learn in each phase to improve your understanding of the market and and what you should offer. Your measurement and evaluation findings can give you added information to use during that return, that completing the circle and moving back through market interface. If a product didn't get the traction you expected or hoped for, why not? Maybe a product's doing better than you expected in terms of, of ratings or in terms of uptake. The data that you get from that measurement and evaluation can become part of how you better understand your market and what learners need and want. And now we also want to point out that MiddleMe works well with a science-based approach to learning. You can leverage learning science in each phase. Yes, and learning science is about being evidence-based and data-driven. And MiddleMe helps ensure that you have a diversity of data and evidence to draw on at each phase of the learning product lifecycle. Market Interface is all about knowing and connecting with your audience, your learners and customers, your potential learners and customers. To help make sure you really know what the market needs and wants, and that you don't just think you know, you're going to want to use science-backed approaches. You can use learner needs assessments and market assessments to provide evidence and data of what the market needs and wants. And then, of course, once you have that evidence and that data, you need to be sure to share that with your designers and developers. And that's because the next phase, design and development, that's where those designers and developers are going to plan and create the products that your learners need and want. So they, those developers, they need to know what you found out in the market interface phase. That's so they can choose appropriate learning science-backed approaches that match market need. Cutting and chunking to help with the limitations of working memory will always be important, but other aspects can be guided by market wants. For example, whether to include practice, and if yes, how much? The main players involved in this design and development phase are, of course, the people doing the design and development of your learning products and services. If you're lucky enough to have instructional designers on staff, then they'll usually know evidence-based, science-backed approaches to use and to draw on. If, however, you rely heavily on volunteers or subject matter experts as your really frontline designers and developers, then, then your work may be a little bit harder. You may have to spend some time figuring out how do you get those people up to speed on some of the key aspects of learning science and what makes for an effective adult learning experience? Because many of them will have subject matter expertise, but they may not have that grounding in learning science and adult learning. And, you know, really, that's one of the reasons that we created, that is the reason, really, that we created Presenting for Impact, which is our free training for uh, experts who are charged with presenting at conferences and continuing education webinars and, and those sorts of uh, 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 educational experiences. Presenting for Impact helps those people put learning science to practical use as they are both developing and then delivering learning experiences. And you can find that easily in the main navigation on the Leading Learning website, but we'll also include a link to it in the show notes for this episode. Which you can find at leadinglearning.com slash episode 320. And just to expand a little bit on what you were saying there, Jeff, you know, in our experience, subject matter experts often are very well attuned to the market. So they're tuned into that 
market interface phase. They've got a good sense of what's going on out there, and that's because they're usually part of the market themselves. But then they often need help in the design and development phase and using learning science effectively. Now, on the flip side, professional instructional designers often know the learning science and, you know, they get that design and development phase because that's the lion's share of what they do day in and day out. But often learning businesses need to do more to make sure that the instructional designers are really tuned into the market interface phase and, and then translating that into effective design and development. And then that next phase, a learning experience or LE, that of course is where the, the rubber really meets the road, so to speak. It's where learners interact with what you've designed and developed based on your market interface. And at this point, you mostly have to make sure that the good design and development, that good DD, doesn't get thwarted. Um, and this is also where feedback and, and practice happening and getting those aspects right can, well, that can be tricky. So you need to ensure that your presenters, facilitators, and instructors understand the importance of feedback and know how and when to give appropriate feedback. Again, that's something that we do cover in Presenting for Impact. And then the fourth of the four phases is measurement and evaluation, which we call me. And this is where we look at the impact of learners interacting with what we've designed and developed. This is where we measure and evaluate the products and services. And we always want to do that with an eye to what insights can we glean that we can apply to our learning business. So you're going to want to look at quantitative data and qualitative data. So you know, course ratings, completion rates, uh, success cases you might find using Brinkerhoff's success case method, open-ended feedback uh, on end-of-class surveys, all of those sorts of things. Then you leverage that information and that insight. The data and evidence you collect can help you refine and improve what you offer, find new things to offer, and identify products you need to sunset, frankly, because they aren't as effective as you'd expected. To succeed as a learning business, what you deliver does have to be effective. It has to get the learners where they need to go. And using MiddleMe can help make that happen for your learning business. We've talked about why and what. So now let's turn to how to use MiddleMe. As with many of the tools we use and that we've already discussed in this informal series of tool talks, simply putting up the visual in a team meeting and discussing the life cycle can prompt some really meaningful conversation about which phases you're strong in, which phases you're weaker in, what you're doing in each phase, what else you might do in each phase. Yeah, this kind of visual, I mean, we, we refer to these as process visuals. Um, I mean, they're very simple, but they're just powerful conversation starters because they give everybody common language, a common point of reference. Same thing is true of the value ramp. Same thing is true of the learning business maturity model. Middle me just, you know, really is a great discussion starter. And you can also use middle me to assess your capacity as a learning business. Now, capacity for us means the people, processes, and technology you have in place. And capacity is one of the five domains we focus on in the learning business maturity model. If you'd like to learn more about the maturity model, check the show notes at leadinglearning.com slash episode 320, where we'll link to a number of resources. 
And just thinking of the phases of the learning product lifecycle will invite you to think about what capacity you have in each phase. What technology and processes do you have in place for each of the phases? What human resources and what budget do you have allocated for each of those four phases? Where do you need to invest more? And that investment could be in, you know, hard dollars, or it could mean additional staff time or maybe staff training. So to unpack that a little more, you might use tools like the Market Insight Matrix and survey technology, say SurveyMonkey or, or Qualtrics in that Market Insight or MI phase. Maybe you have a data analyst you can access to help with interpreting that survey data. Maybe you have a market research firm you contract with to annually assess your audiences. Making sure everyone on the team is aware of what you have in terms of that capacity can A, make sure that you make good use of what you have in place, and B, help you see areas where you may need additional help, whether in the form of people, processes, or technology. So in each of the four phases, you can inventory what you have in place in general. That's an approach to using middle me at the enterprise or learning business level. But a learning business can also use middle me to evaluate individual products or product lines. It can serve as kind of a, a high level checklist to make sure you're thinking about all four phases when creating and maintaining your products. Right. So it's a reminder that you should have people, processes, and technology in place in each phase, and you should be using those people, processes, and technology. You likely have a learning management system, an LMS, in place to help you with delivering learning experiences, that learning experience or LE phase. But then also think about the data you get from that LMS and how that can help you in the ME uh, measurement and evaluation phase. And it's worth noting that capacity, people, processes, and technology often do get used in multiple phases. I mean, you just mentioned learning management systems and, you know, arguably an LMS can influence all four phases. And, and the same is true for people and processes. They usually won't reside wholly neatly in a single phase. They'll tend to work in one or more phase, sometimes all four an instructional designer, for example, will probably focus the majority of their time in DD, design and development. But by virtue of their role in designing assessments, they touch on measurement and evaluation too. So it's worth thinking about the four phases when you think about your capacity. You may already have technology or people in place, and you just need to expand how and when you make use of them. So that's our look at the Middle Me Learning Product Lifecycle. To get a copy of the Middle Me Visual, please go to leadinglearning.com slash episode 320. At leadinglearning.com slash episode 320, you'll also see options for subscribing to the podcast. And we hope you will subscribe if you haven't. We like subscription numbers because they help us with measurement and evaluation. We'd also be grateful if you would take a minute to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, especially if you enjoy the show. Jeff and I personally appreciate reviews and ratings, and they help the podcast show up when people search for content on leading a learning business. Lastly, please spread the word about leading learning. 
In the show notes at leadinglearning.com slash episode 320, you'll find links to connect with us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Thanks again, and see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast. Podcast.